Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Historical Humans Podcast. My name's Justin Woods, and today I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Aaron Gilpin and Colm Coleman. And for our 21st episode, we're bringing it all the way back over to Asia, and we're going to be talking about one of... I, I would say one of the greatest ecological disasters. What would you have to say, Colm? Well, it certainly is a tragedy and seemingly a very preventable one. Uh, this is our 21st episode of Historical Humans, so we are now, of course, drinking age as a podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll drink to that. That's a bad joke. <laughs> 45 seconds in, it. bad joke. <laughs> but, but I'm running with it as we hear all the beer cans pop. Hey, we're, we're Coke... We're a Coca-Cola yeah. podcast, thank you. Yeah, we're a Diet Coke podcast. Oh, I guess you're drinking regular Coke. Oh, please sponsor us, Coca-Cola. I ain't made it to diabetes yet. <laughs> I sure as hell ain't with the great and, great and refreshing taste of Diet Coke. <laughs> Don't start. Don't All right, start. Let's we go into not... the tragedy. All Enough right. shilling for so a company that won't today... pay us. This is this is uh, this is about as happy as we're going to be this entire podcast. As uh, today's topic for number twenty-one is the Bhopal gas tragedy. And where did that uh, this take place? Is, this uh, was the worst industrial accident in history at the time of its occurrence in 1984. Uh, it occurred in the city of Bhopal in Madhya Pradesh, India. And uh, there were, uh, let's just say, effectively several thousand tons of pesticide was released into the city oh, as like, an airborne contaminant. Like, are we talking DDT? Like, the one that has been used to essentially nuke all insect life within a 20-mile radius? Uh, or like uh, this, this, worse? Uh, this was methyl isocyanide, oh. uh, which is the most reactive uh, chemical in its class. Um... It is a uh, it is a toxin. It is used in a lot of pesticides to kill plant uh, to kill a lot of uh, insects and plant eating insects because of how toxic it is. And it has a violent and I do mean violent reaction with heat and water, which makes somewhere like India the worst possible place to manufacture it. <laughs> that's like trying to that's like trying to light a match in a literal bomb factory what are you doing <laughs> oh, I'm just who a... thought that was a good idea they would literally just go you know what this stuff reacts violently to heat and moisture I i'm just gonna let's light... do let's make let's put it in india I i'm gonna light a cigarette here like let, let me go smoke right next to this bomb factory oh, been... it's like in uh in ukraine all the russians smoking next to ammunition depots yeah i mean for god's sakes this is probably the most stu stupid idea. Consider after like deciding to put the, all that all the uh, arms yeah. and what ammunitions in the Parthenon during the Ottoman Venetian Wars. Well, yeah. you know. To be fair, the Ottomans that. didn't think the Venetians could shoot that high. They were wrong. <laughs> that was a miscalculation on their part. And uh, one of the things that makes the release of this gas uh, so incredibly dangerous is methyl isocyanide is that rare toxin that does it all. Most toxins, natural, chemical, uh, man-made, any of them, target one particular organ or organ system in the body, like the pulmonary system for the heart or the nervous system to shut down your spine. Mesyl isocyanide attacks every single organ in any living thing. Oh. It is incredibly lethal. And we're just using this to kill pests. This is used as a this is used to make pestis it's an ingredient in pesticides. One of the ingredients ingredient in rubber. That's right. This is in your this is used to make your tires. <laughs> I will never look at my Dodge Caliber the same again. I, I mean, after the the weekend I had, uh, you, you you could see why it's a deadly compound. So don't burn rubber, kids. 
It might look cool in street races, but you might have organ failure if you breathe in the smoke. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to take us through the uh, fateful uh, uh, the fateful three days of this accident because it took three days for this uh, for this hellscape to truly unleash itself. Three days, Jesus yeah. Christ. So we begin with the Union Carbide's Bopal plant, which has three 68,000-liter methyl isocyanide tanks. Wow, that's a lot now, of uh, that's a lot of chemicals. Uh, it is it is making a lot. This is a big manufacturing uh, center. Prior to December first, the night of the incident, tank E610 becomes defective. It loses its ability to contain nitrogen gas. Now, nitrogen gas is an inert gas, and it prevents methyl isocyanide from reacting violently with everything else in existence. This gas begins leaking from the tank. This causes the tank to lose pressure, and the methyl isocyanide fills beyond the safety regulation limit for the tank. <laughs> Oh, no. No tank is supposed to contain more than 50% methyl isocyanide at any time. So you're telling me not only did the protective measure leak out, but then it basically just filled up a bomb with more bomb. Yep. Now, they only had one failsafe? Well, now the people at Bopal, they, uh, they hit the switch. Production is stopped. Okay. For a methyl isocyanide and in response to this. Okay, that seems standard. However, oh no. On uh, December 1st, they send in crews to repair the tank. And they manage to disable every safety protocol in the entire <laughs> plant at once. Oh, no. Everything goes offline during the repair. The repair then fails. <laughs> It just makes me think of those cartoons where it's like, oh, I'm going to plug this one thing in, so let me pull this big power cable, and it just tears out all of the city's electricity. I mean, like, so I get, I get, like, the crew, like, the crew is like, okay, if we shut every, like, I understand, like, hindsight's 2020, and the crew, this was probably, like, the procedure that the crew was probably supposed to go through. No, no. Oh, they okay. shut out the system. It's a system-wide malfunction in the entire safety network of the plant. It all goes down. This was not an intentional shut off of the safety measures. Oh, so this was literally the perfect storm. Yeah. Oh, it gets worse oh, because no. December second. So far, the gas is contained. Safety is down. The plant is effective, but the gas remains in the tank. Water begins to leak into tank E610. Oh no. Methyl isocyanide reacts violently with water. Part of that reaction is the production of extreme heat, which oh. further irritates methyl isocyanide. Uh. And pressure in this tank increases fivefold within one hour. Holy shit. By midnight on December 2nd, the plant workers are suffering methyl isocyanide poisoning, which is nerve damage, blindness, and death. <laughs> no alarm goes off Those poor workers. at the Bulbul plant. What? Why? Because all the safety measures We're disabled. have been shorted out. So there is no warning. For anyone. Oh, so the safety measures include, like, an alarm. The safety measures include any sort of meltdown alarm. Any sort of notice that this is going wrong. Which is why the plant workers are start dying before they know that the gas is out of the tank. <laughs> December 3rd, 1984. 45 tons of methyl isocyanide gas escapes into the environment. 30 tons are released during the first hour of the leak. Wow. Okay, 30 tons in one hour? Yep. Over how many air, how much, like, how many, like, square feet? Uh, I did not get that information, 
However, it was leaked directly over a population center. Oh no. Wait, wait. So they have this factory. They have this factory that's like in the middle of a city. Where like where I'm from, you can't even make fertilizer within city limits. You in a lot of places it's very common that manufacturing centers are near populations. The the populate the city of Bopal is called the city of Bopal, and it is it was built. Ne- this plant was built like right on top of it. Yeah, oh, it's it's a dense word. urban area, and most people are made aware of the fact that this poison gas is fl- is coming towards them by being poisoned by the poison gas. Oh, oh god! Two thousand like- people die on December third. Wow, fifteen to twenty thousand more. Die from exposure afterwards. Holy shit. It is the worst disaster to date as of 1984. We managed to top it as a species in the ensuing, you know, 38 years. But still. To kill 20,000 people as a result of the incident. That is an absurd amount of people. Oh, it's not just people. It killed all plant and animal life for several miles around Bopal. It killed everything. Yeah, because it's a pest. It's an ingredient pesticide that's designed to kill everything. So I, I just imagine just almost like it is a concentrated kill compound used in pesticides. It is a con. And the thing with that too, the thirty tons in the first hour, the five times the normal pressure. That basically turned it into an aerosol can and was just spraying it right into the air in the atmosphere. No wonder it blanketed such a large portion of land. Wait, so this is supposed to be the worst tragedy today in 1984? Yeah, today as of 1984. What was yeah. the Chernobyl incident? Chernobyl, I believe, was... Was that uh, 1986? 86 or 87. Uh, yeah, Chernobyl comes later. Uh, but was Chernobyl yeah. even on this kind of scale? Uh, so Cher- ecologically, yes, but not in terms of population kill. Not in terms of human life. Uh, and Chernobyl happened in April of 86, and this happened in December of 84. So Bopal predates Chernobyl. But still, like, the fact that, like, this is probably the first time, well, one, I'm hearing about this, like, other than, you know, going through the notes itself. But anyone else in like america i don't know if they even knew about this it's doubtful um 20,000 union carbide is an union carbide the company responsible is an american company it is one that no no longer exists uh the indian subsidiary of bopal in charge of 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 union carbide that was in charge of bopal they took the fall for this Of course. You know, why is it always us? Why is it like when you ever it's, hear about these it, things? It's, it's that so whole thing of the problem, dom- child. This is world domination, Aaron. Okay, we well, are everyone's problem, and everyone's problem is us. <laughs> not to mention, this is basically neo-colonialism, just in a economic fashion. So you mean capital hegemony? It's cor- it, it's Capitalistic cor- hegemony. Yep. Yep. And. uh the, the tragedy gets worse, guys. God bless America. We're at 20,000 dead, and the tragedy gets worse. How does so, it get worse? Uh, <laughs> number one, the dead are left to rot in the street as the crematoriums of Bopal are overwhelmed. I, and I feel do not I feel, process the amount of dead that are being thrown at them. For anyone who doesn't know anything about how funerary uh, the funerary process goes, crematories can only burn so many bodies per day before the crematoriums overheat. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to understand how, with that information, it's easy to understand why the dead start to pile up because you also can't dig that many graves either. No. Um, yeah. Uh, more people are injured fires. from the mass panic as they attempt to flee the ever encroaching cloud of 20th century Vesuvius. I was saying that this it? is going to be some Vesuvius flashbacks. Like, could you see it? Could you see the cloud coming towards you? And would you be able to run from it? Honestly, not- I feel like it'd be, like, especially with Vesu- specifically with Vesuvius, the gas itself, I feel like, was originally just. 
uh, site like clear opaque, you know. So I assume this is the same situation with uh, what is it? Um, mm -hmm. Methanol or methyl isocyanide. I feel like it'd just be you couldn't really quite so see it. Methyl isocyanide is it evaporates quickly when exposed to air and is completely colorless while airborne. Oh. Uh, it does contain a strong pungent odor. Um, it You can smell it with as little as two parts per million, and it was at a lot more than that in, um, in, uh, um, in <laughs> when it was released. In so, any, so anyone at this, like, pretty much city center was already dead. <laughs> it smells like... Like I... Like I said, two thousand people killed immediately. Fuck, um, Mary Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, after the dead have piled up to about fifteen to twenty thousand total, another five hundred thousand people suffered permanent damage, including blindness, nerve damage, and respiratory issues. You cannot breathe. You cannot move. You cannot see. This God is how damn. the gas kills you. How, so, how does even, so, that's the thing that I, I always wonder, like, this is, well, I guess this is the thing that I wonder. So, like, yeah, a company could probably pay, like, restitutions to, like, families or whatever. But what else is done? Like, how, how does anyone or even any company, even if it's, like, fully dissolved, how does anyone like really pay for this? Because like there is no repercussions. I mean, if the company dissolves and there's no financial obligation, they can't they can't pay for the for the like ecological cleanup. And in a lot of cases, when you look at companies that cause ecological disasters, very seldom do they actually foot the bill for it. Um, one of the most notable ones was uh, what was it? The BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, they I was just thinking millions that. of gallons, and they didn't clean it up. Not once, mind you. I remember the one back in 2010, like, when I was a kid. But then there was also, like, the more recent one. Yeah. Where, like, there was that hellish, like, tornado, like, fire oil vortex that was in the middle of the Gulf. Oh, yes, the, the flame tornadoes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like. So there's nothing that's really done. The companies dissolve, and a lot of times they're subsidiaries. So the company, the parent company basically says, oh, it was a subsidiary. We cut them cut our losses and they move on they're not held liable they're not held responsible there's very rarely any sort of justice that comes from it we yeah. really do and, live in a dystopia don't we yeah um and speaking of that so investigations are launched into why bopal failed and they found that it was unequivocally the result of an understaffed undermaintained, neglected plant um god damn they, they used uh they found that uh Safety and operating procedures were often completely disregarded, and that is why when one safety valve failed, all of them failed, because a number of them were literally just flashing lights on a uh, on a screen. They yeah, didn't I think, actually connect to anything. I think I just heard OSHA have a heart attack. Like no. I think OSHA's currently dying. No, o o OSHA. O OSHA's OSHA is dead and waiting to arise as an avenging fury as a result of this. Um, See, this just makes me think of the whole Aaron Brockovich case. Are you guys familiar with that? No, I've never, never heard, heard of it. So it's a pretty prominent case that has to do with fracking in the United States. Oh, God damn it. Um, effectively, the town that she lived in was being fracked for shale oil, and it caused a lot of ecological disasters, or there was a huge spill or something along those lines. Like, it was a huge environmental disaster. Well, she trained herself in the law and took the company to court to fight against them and actually won. I don't know if anyone like anyone listening knows about law, but I've had a just by learning Latin, you understand like how much Latin's actually in law. It's in There's law. a lot of bullshit Latin in the laws that we have combined with legalese which legally should be considered its own language even if it's in written in english it should legally be its own language so the fact that this one woman did that is astounding yeah it is it is amazing and there is 
there is some very short-lived triumph uh, as a result of this of this tragedy here in Bhopal. But before we get to that, so you can understand just how pathetic any effort on the part of Union Carbine has been to repair the damage they've done, I'd like to take us on a history of the company responsible for the calamity. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be even more saddened. So, Let me guess, they walk away paying them jack all, or very, very middle. Yep. Right. But, <laughs> but it, it gets better. Oh, See, the but union, wait, there's more. The Union Carbide Corporation was an American manufacturer of chemicals and petrochemicals. Yes, I said was. They don't exist, but not for the reason you hope for. God oh, no. damn it. Why is it always not why I hope? They got their start uh, in 1917, manufacturing gas for the U.S. Army. Oh, no. Are they making mustard gas for the First World War? Officially, they don't list that. Unofficially, it looks like it. <laughs> What do you um, mean officially it looks so, like so official? Because they provided they didn't make the gas, but they certainly provided a number of components. Um officially they manufactured filters for gas masks, which use a number of similar chemicals. However, they were technically just shipping the chemicals to the US government. For anyone who's not watching on YouTube and on Spotify, I have my hand over my face in a full face palm. So, so there's they, nothing uh, like releasing a toxic gas cloud into a civilian population that says you got your start as a World War One chemicals company. Yeah, they oh. just basically went back to their old traditional ways. Like, oh, sorry, guys. I, yep. I forgot it's not that world no more. Yeah, They really they, said, oh, wait a minute. The Geneva Convention says we can't yep. do this. Yep. Uh, Union Carbide was a very early conglomerate. They were formed by combining a number of pre-existing petrochemical companies. Of course. Uh, they made uh, a number of uh, key ingredients, including helium, ferrozirconium, which are steel blades, eh, and fair. activated carbon, which is the sort of carbon you do use in filtration systems for gas masks. So there was some life-saving effort at the very least, because that's really the only use for the carbon that we would have had. Um, They are one of the first companies to engage in uh market research in order to develop their products and fields so they are the they are the reason the marketing department oh, has a job no. they wait, are the reason ads wait, are everywhere wait. guys god no damn the it they they're even more making, evil than you thought they started off making mustard gas so it's like we're running clinical trials to test that we have the best product on the market yeah look and at these results in germany and, and do you and do you know what that brought what that brought back after the war they began to manufacture antifreeze and uh radio batteries oh jesus then in world war ii they were a major contributor to the development of the atomic bomb, providing a number of chemi reactive chemical components for our scientists on the Manhattan Project. I hate, I hate it here, guys. I hate it here. So we've only we've only made it to 1945, and we're already merchants of death two times over. Anyone want to see the third crack at it? No, please, no. <laughs> so now that begs the question: I really wonder what the total death count is for this one factor. It's got to be over 20k. I I do not. Well, oh, of course, it's over 20k. I killed 20k. <laughs> uh, as it's the it's the merchant of death, and it keeps on going. Uh, after that, they uh, have a couple of uh, relatively soft years. Uh, in 1957, they decide to shorten their name from Union Carbide and Carbon Corporation to the Union Carbide Corporation. Uh, in 1984, they have that wonderful uh, disaster at Bhopal, uh, which we are talking about now. And then, almost as if to get out of legal trouble... In 2001, they merged, like a conglomerate does, with the Dow Chemical Company and now fly under that flag, remaining as one of the world's leading producers of chemicals and polymers, like methyl isocyanide. Still? <laughs> yep, because technically they're owned by the Dow Company and Union Carbide no longer exists. Corporate America. We're just going to dissolve here, but we're going to retain all of our assets and just become a subsidiary under this larger parent yep. corporation. Yep. And fun fact, 
Bhopal has not been cleaned up. It remains a toxic wasteland because the Indian government will not clean it up because they do not have the money to do so. And Union Carbide refuses to clean it up, stating that I've never heard of the Union Carbide. I'm called Dow. <laughs> oh. And neither side does anything, and the people of Bhopal suffer. <laughs> Gee, would you look at that? Corporations nor the government having the best interest of the people? Color yeah. like, me shocked. I mean, personally, I know little about the Indian government. The little that I've heard so far has been iffy at best, especially current, especially in the current situation. But also, corp. I mean, I expect. I honestly, at this point, corporate America letting. Let's honest. Let's be real here. Honestly. Tw- at least 20k die and still back in 1984 this yep. is almost what 40 years now yep um yeah a whole generation mm-hmm. or multiple generations probably at least two suffering from the effects of this and then they just say we're not the same person anymore we've changed that's like the twitter the equivalent of a twitter apology and rebranding yeah. oh, Sir, don't you just me. put a hat on uh, oh, don't don't worry. Sir, you just put on a mustache and a hat and said, "I'm not who I'm not them." Sir, those are glasses. And this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Can um, I get a Big Mac? Yeah. God damn it! Anyway, uh, the people of Bopal do take Union Carbide to court while Union Carbide exists. And in 1989, the Supreme Court of India orders Union Carbide to pay 470 million U.S. dollars in damages. Keep in mind. Over 500,000 people now have permanent disability as a result of this. Which means everyone gets maybe a hundred bucks. Hi, I murdered your entire city. Here's a hundred dollars. Yeah, I just killed your... So, like, what's the... So, like, is this a hundred U.S. dollars or is this a hundred rupees? It is a hundred USD. So... A hundred USD a person. 470 million USD. (laughs) I kind of want to... Oh, wait, I'm going to look up the... I mean, this is going to be the current like currency yeah. exchange, so it it's probably going to be it's different. Not going to be perfectly accurate, but it's um, uh, they 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 did get sued for that uh for that loss, and in 1998, the uh, Union Carbide Corporation decided that it needed to be rid of certain negative assets, so it donated the wrecked uh Bopal plant to the government of Madhya Pradesh. <laughs> Beautiful. So I just Beautiful. looked it up. I just looked it up. One yep. U.S. dollar, as of today, equals seventy nine point six nine rupee. So times that by hundred, it's like seven thousand nine hundred sixty nine rupee. And that's just for today. I don't know what the. Uh, I wasn't it, able. I'm not like right off the bat able it, to do it. But still, that still does. That still it, doesn't excuse it, the it fact doesn't, that it doesn't matter to receive this money. You must either be dead or suffering a permanent crippling disability that will prevent you from working for the rest of your life. <laughs> for so this doesn't even go to the thoughts. family members. This doesn't even go to the family members of the victims who died. This, this basically went to the ones that survived. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because guess what? The family members of the one that died either died with them or are standing there blind, wheezing, and unable to stop shaking. <laughs> I don't like when you put it that way. Again, was it? Is there any other World War One chemical <laughs> gas company? What did anyone think they were gonna do? Produce meat? I Got mean, it. like they could have produced hot dogs by the end of the war. They could have done that. No, they decided to. You know what? Uh, let's just keep. Or producing. just go the route of yeah. like Jeep and just make a wonderful consumer grade product. Yeah, can I get some consumer grade methyl methyl isocyanide? <laughs> uh, yeah, let me just like let me get some of that commercial grade methyl isocyanide. Right. No, instead right. of getting so mustard, Aaron is a grasshopper with a drug problem. We have established this. <laughs> No, instead of having hey, a mustard you got packet, any of that you have an aerosol argument. can of just methyl isocyanide. Just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like you just straight up die just from one <laughs> yeah. snip of that. Yeah, so... It'll be diluted. 
Yeah. So uh, the the battle for justice does continue uh, on for several years. Today, there are currently 400 tons of the gas uh, at, in the form of industrial waste present on the site. The gas has seeped into the soil and groundwater. So nothing's and the Bopal, Yeah, and the Bopal area uh, is is now plagued with chronic health issues and the highest rate of birth defects in all of India, I believe. Gee, if, if it's not the highest, it's one of the highest. I may not be entirely accurate in that statement, but it's definitely up there. I mean, it could. I mean, like, consider it uh, again. You are drinking pesticide. Yeah, yeah. I, but that's also like, uh, I mean, I don't know geographically where Bofal is, but if there's like any major water source and anything is down, like, rip, either downwind or down, like, water like water that like flows downwards from Bofal. Yeah. yeah they're probably getting these effects too yeah. uh so Bopal is in uh it's in central india and oh, God, it is yeah, the city is built next to uh what is known as upper lake uh so it is built it is built on a lake yeah. so any any area within that lakes region any any population within that lakes region and any river that comes from that lake is p potentially subject to methyl isocyanide. Yeah, which is why uh, I think 500,000 people got affected by it. Yeah. It looks to me that like the, the lake for the most part feeds into a dam and a small subsidiary lake. There does not appear to be a lot of rivers on Google maps leading out of, uh, of upper lake. It seems to be a relatively isolated body of water. Which is deeply, deeply fortunate for everyone else in India. It could, I mean, I guess it's better than... It could have been the, worse. I guess it's better than being on the north end of the river Ganges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which... This isn't, this isn't getting dumped in the Mississippi, so... <laughs> it's not killing everyone. Just yeah, the, the, Missis <laughs> the Mississippi has its own chemical problems, more than likely. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I wouldn't drink from many U.S. rivers. Yeah, no, that was one of the funny things that happened to me when I was in the U.K. So I was like, "Yeah, you can just drink out of the stream; it's clean." It's like yeah. I'm like, if I drink out of the local river or stream here in the states, I'm getting tetanus. Yeah. I went kayaking over Labor Day weekend on the Illinois River. How are you not irradiated? <laughs> It's it's like it's like the episode of Seinfeld where Kramer starts swimming in the in the rivers in New York City and he just gets radioactive. What is it? Yeah. What is it? The Hudson River that goes through New York? Yeah, yeah I think it's the Hudson and the East River. There's yeah. Two. Oh God, yeah. From what I've heard about the Hudson, you should be tested yeah, no. everything. So, and this, that's the Illinois yeah. too. It's pretty grody. It's, God. It, but uh, yeah. Uh, it uh, it goes. It's pretty horrible for Bopal. Um. <laughs> In uh, and uh, like, like these people, these people want to trade with Flint, Michigan, for water. I, I oh, oh God! Chemical <laughs> pesticides versus lead poisoning. Olympics of suffering. Here we come. No, stop it! I need a water spray bottle. I just need to go bad column. <laughs> this bad. is why we're virtual. Otherwise, you'd be witnessing them murder me in some sort of cathartic rage fest at all the horrible things I am informing them of. <laughs> informing? I, I, you're making a comparison for game and for show. You've uh, been worse on this podcast and you know it. <laughs> all I feel is emptiness and sadness due to this capitalistic hellscape. Yeah. So, in 2004, the Supreme Court of India mandated that the government has to supply Bopal with regular amounts of fresh drinking water. That's better than what they're doing for Jackson, Mississippi. Yep. Well, yeah, that's also because Jackson is predominantly African American. Yay, American uh, politics. Yeah, we, yeah we, we'll we, we'll save that for another episode, guys. <laughs> we've covered Amer racism in America and especially in the Deep South numerous times. We've done we've done Tulsa. This is not Tulsa. Please let's stop throwing, let's stop fighting everyone. The water sucks here, okay? <laughs> not as bad as Bopal, but still. Uh and in 2010, uh, Union Carbide's Indian subsidiary. This is the Indian subsidiary company of Union Carbide, which no longer exists and calls itself Dow as of the time of this lawsuit and this ruling. 
this is the Indian group under them, have, were convicted of negligence. And their executives, all of whom were Indian citizens, were arrested. No Americans are tried. Huh, that's really convenient. I cannot imagine how that could ever be possible. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah, uh, God forbid Americans actually, like, take mm-hmm. responsibility for anything. By the way, I just looked this up. The company is still in job for today, and apparently they have a, they have their own website. So I'm going to... Oh, gonna oh yes. Yep. Uh, one of the sources, uh, Aaron, on the source page is um, Union Carbide's very own page on what happened in Bopal. Hey, look, they have a section for their applications for power, water, and telecommunications. Yep. Please don't apply. (laughs) I'm not going to, but I'm definitely going to go through this. Don't work for... Hey, look, we got their products listed here, too. Let's see what we've got. (laughs) Here we go. Conductive materials, additives and modifiers, optical materials, polyethylene, polyurethanes, specialty polymers and compounds. Mm. So, do you know what the interesting thing is? We actually have a local regional connection to the Union Carbide Company. Please, no. There is a building in downtown Chicago, right off Michigan Avenue, called the Carbon and Carbide Building. It is a green, gold, and and black building. And it was their regional offices here in Chicago. But what's also interesting is if you were to look up that building and look at it, the design of it is tall, green, and slender with a tall, pointed end. It was constructed during Prohibition, and it was meant to resemble a wine or champagne bottle in a bucket of ice. I hate them more, but... uh. This is just getting worse. This yeah, is just getting worse. The if you go if you go to our sources uh, and you look at bopal.com, that is the Union Carbide's take on what happened. And as you can imagine, it's full of claims of justice, equity, and fair management. Of course, it's gonna fucking be that. They need to do some PR stunts to to do mm. deal with this PR nightmare because that's all this is to them. Yeah. At least twenty k dead, five hundred k affected. That's all this is, is a PR mismanagement. Ben they Chairman, do not care that these people have died and or been affected. No, 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 Aaron, you need to look at this. It, Union Carbide Corporation and its then chairman, Warren Anderson, worked diligently to provide aid to the victims and attempted to set up a process to resolve their claims. Yeah, I'm sure this man from his cozy home here in America yeah. was doing all that he could to help people that he really just didn't care about. Yeah. And yeah. one of the reasons Union Carbide got out of responsibility was the local company that owned it and operated it was an Indian company. Union Carbide yeah. just owned 51% of it, basically. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, the... Uh... McLeod Russell India Limited of Calcutta, which was renamed to Ever Ready Industries India Limited. <laughs> how, how many like corporate slang terms can you add at the end of the company? We'll be the Historical Humans Limited Liability Corporation Industry Corporation. I mean, that's that's how I mean, like as you said, that's how they get away with it. But if they legally owned it, shouldn't there have been any? Shouldn't there have been the argument that if they legally owned that that company, and or at least that much stock in the company to have influence over it, even if they didn't have direct um, authority, I wonder if authority. that's a loophole in the Indian law or a loophole in the business proceedings, mm-hmm. in which the fact that they aren't the primary operating corporation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, they're blank. basically what happened is we're the owner, but it's the operator's fault that things aren't up to code, even though we told probably told them don't keep things up to code. I mean, think about it like a truck thing. driver. They're just a driver for the transportation company. They're neither the loader or unloader. But if something happens in transit, you're not going to go after like 
the company, you're going after the driver. Yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> and we can I make mean, those truck drivers drive thirty hour days. As as somebody who Wait, has family, twenty four. Oh, trust me, they will still drive thirty hours a day. It's okay. I got three log books. It's fine. But Lee, like personally, mm -hmm. since I, my dad was a truck driver and my brother is currently a truck driver, yeah, like I exactly. I understand that, like, which is why like insurance for truck drivers is absurd mm -hmm. and why they have like if it's a good trucking company not all trucking companies are <laughs> the same but if it's a good trucking company like if anything happens to the truck they are told to stay in the vehicle no matter what not even to like greet the tow truck tow truck driver or anything but if they are at a stop and they think their truck is not okay it it's not uncommon for trucking companies to force in quotes for a reason their truck drivers to keep going because if the truck driver does in fact go like drive knowing that their vehicle is in fact like malfunctioning at, to whatever degree and like something happens then yeah it is on the truck driver but um Unless, like, the truck driver has some sort of, like, evidence that, you know, their their higher-ups told them to do it, then, you know, they're kind of shit out of luck. But if I wonder if that was the case where, like, the employees or anyone within that company or that subsidiary just didn't have proof that the company told them to not worry about mm -hmm. safety standards. Safety, <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um Aaron, you're going to love this. I left this out of the notes because I thought it was too evil, even for a World War I chemical gas manufacturer that oh, then... No. This is America. ...poisons uh, half a million people. This is America. How does it get worse? If it makes money, it's in, probably evil. In the Union Carbides uh, account, which you can read at bopal.com for yourself, it's a public website... Um, it says... Uh, it, tries to, it blames the Indian government... For the reason why there is still um, toxic waste in Bhopal, because following the disaster, the Indian government closed off the factory site and would not allow them to resume activities on site. And thus, prior to their sale of stock in the company, they had only they could only manage to do so much to save the people of Bhopal and spent two million dollars on the effort to. Uh, perform cleanup, but they couldn't do enough because the government kept them away from their manufacturing plant. I, I mean, I can, I, I can see where Two million dollars is this great charity from this company that had a $470 million slush fund that they could just afford to pay out for ending human life. Or permanently disabling. I yep. mean, if... 20,000 dead, 500,000 disabled. <laughs> I mean, if there is a bit of a gridlock between the government and the company, yeah, I can see how the company can, like, spin that for them to give them positive PR, but also they cause this in the first first place, and they're they, and they're claiming the reason it's not fixed is because the government wouldn't let them resume activity on a chemical plant in the middle of a chemical spill. <laughs> that's like if they tried to resume nuclear activity at Chernobyl. Yep. Like after the fucking meltdown, they're just like, "Yeah, let's just." Let's just turn the reactor back on. <laughs> yeah, like one of them's probably at least working. If we go in and start it back up again, we can also go through the cleaning process. Yeah, but only after we start the engines up, after we start producing some more. I mean, mm -hmm. it's safe. Uh, how else are we going to fix the damage? Yeah. We gotta We're going to kill a few pay. hundred workers doing this. I mean, we've already killed thousands. What's a few more? <laughs> Yeah, as long as we make them just sign like a liability waiver that they probably can't read, you know. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, sign let's this face waiver it, in English, please. Uh, oh, I was gonna get your settlement payout. I was gonna say like more like they couldn't read it because it's in a bunch of legalese. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's in it's in English legal language. Which it's a, it's in English. an it's in Oxford English. Okay, no one reads that. <laughs> <laughs> Oxford English is just translated Latin into English. Let's yeah. face it. That's it's horrible. Um uh yeah. And uh one one major point here. So they are trying to clean it up. Not the company, uh, but the government and the people of Bopal. Um in twenty fifteen, their plan, and this seems to be their current plan, 
is to attempt to incinerate uh, as much of the waste as possible. No major cleanup has been attempted. However, keep in mind, methyl isocyanide reacts violently with heat. And their uh... plan is to cremate the poison. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, hold on. Well, uh... Did they These think people this through? Do not have a good plan, but it's been fifty years. They need a plan. <laughs> yes, we shall nuke all of this toxic material. Yep. Oh, it's so bad. Jesus. You know, it's one fumble after another, but just how bad it is really tells you the level of incompetence here. Incompetence. Yep. Yep, it is uh it is wonderful. And they all got away with it too, despite you meddling kids. Yeah, I don't That's the line, right? That's that's how that's how the show ends. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> God. That's, yeah, I don't fully understand that. And it leave it up to an American company to not only leave an ecological disaster, but then also try and gaslight everyone into thinking that we tried our hardest. It was the government that really stopped us from correcting our own mistakes. Honestly, We're that's so the, sorry. That's the pretty Republican set, uh, like slogan for that. We tried, but the government stopped us. Yeah. And, uh, uh, fun fact, Union Carbide's official stance on why they will not pay uh, to clean up the to clean up the poison is um, after the incident, the state government canceled their lease. So it's the landlord's problem now. Because, you know, if you because, you know, I set fire to my apartment on the last day of my lease. I definitely don't owe anyone an explanation or jail time. <laughs> God, that is the logic they are employing. And I just want to see a poor person do that and then get away with it. Remember, well, kids, it. if you're rich, it's pay to play for any crime. Yeah, as long as you can afford it, you can get away with anything and everything. Yep. Yep. That's and, what I tell uh, my nephews every time I see them. Yep. Get and, rich, kid. You won't follow. You won't face consequences. Yep. Affluenza, baby. The going rate for maiming, for maiming <laughs> half a million people is $470 million. <laughs> That's what we learned today. So, wait, give me a cost breakdown on that. What is that divided up? That's less than $100 a person. <laughs> yeah, but what's the exact number? I need to know. I don't have the exact number. But I have a calculator in my pocket. 470 So, just divide... Just... Divide... Four, I'm not doing this for you. <laughs> Four hundred seventy million by five hundred twenty thousand. Five hundred maimed, two twenty thousand dead. Yeah, that's nine oh three a person. So slightly less than a thousand bucks a person. Yeah. But still, for the loss of life, or you know, the fact that you are yeah, blind. I'm yeah, I'm off by one zero. Sorry about that. <laughs> you're, you're either blind, you're deaf, you're permanently maimed. Like mm -hmm. the fact that I'm going to hop up on a, on a pedestal here for just a moment. Oh, like we've not, <laughs> but like the fact that there's so many examples, so many numerous examples of corporations absolutely destroying our environment. And then they turn around and tell us that it's our fault or that it's the government's fault or that it's anyone else's fault, except for the person or corporation in charge of the natural disaster. And the thing that frustrates me a lot is I'm all for trying to use renewable resources. I'm all for trying to use clean energy. But when you look at the total carbon emissions, the top eight corporations contribute like 90% of the world's uh, pollution. Remember, kids, as long as you use paper straws or metal straws, you'll be helping the environment. Now, watch as this company puts in at least 50,000 tons of pollution into the air, the water, and the and the grasses around you. It's just, it's the greatest robbery in American history because they quite literally 
are just robbing us of a future environment, robbing our kids of a clean environment, robbing people of clean drinking water. Like, I don't know, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, you can be pro-business, but you can be pro-business in an ecologically friendly way. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, that doesn't make the most money. Yeah. And, uh, hopping off the pedestal because it's, uh, been bugging me, uh, around and round on and off. Um, I've done a little more digging on this stream onto the chemical composition of mustard gas. FBI, please do not knock on my door. <laughs> um, <laughs> not again. Inside your house. <laughs> and, uh, um, we're watching you from the walls. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think they, I, 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 I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they contributed ingredients for mustard gas. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't need to dig I, too deep to figure that out. I'm just considering how I'm easy it is to actually make I, it. Honestly, don't, don't say, that. <laughs> don't say that like you know. For for legal purposes, I was in the scouts. You learned how to make it in the scouts? What did I learn? Are in you the trying scouts? to like go after the other scout troop from across the river? All right, boys, we're gonna drop mortars and they're gonna continue. To, to be fair, it's, it's not like scouts. It's a campfire not... and it's like a grenade. To be fair, when I learned this, it wasn't exactly like you know scout leaders who taught us this. This was just other scouts. Like I like other scouts who knew the, knew this information is how I learned this. Like that's how I learned. Like you know, all kinds of other fun stuff um, that I legally yeah, should I, talk about. Look, look, I am just, I am just generally shocked in the face of evil and persistent evil and recurring themes of evil that, like, I have to like double, double, double check that, like, no, they, they, they can't have, they can't have always been the bad guys. Like uh, you think that was like some fault. Like some sort of fall from grace situation. Nope, this I, is just corporate America. Yeah, no, th there's a history of abuse and of, of money. Yeah, no. Like, how have you lasted a hundred years? Oh, right, you rigged the system. Uh, yeah, and then that's when you just go, oh, right, yeah, I should have I should have realized. I don't just remember, all the politicians are all on account, on account that they... <laughs> I understand chaos, I don't understand evil. <laughs> But see, that's just it. A lot of these companies use chaos and evil to benefit themselves and still somehow profit off of it. I don't and have malice in me, so it's completely alien. You don't have any malice? You don't have malice. You're a dungeon master. How do you not have malice? I substitute chaos for everything. It's a one. It's a wonderful substitute for a personality and a soul. Fair. And the fact you're going to hell. You're like the chef that discovers salt and pepper. I'm just oh, yeah. I, I, I've discovered the seasoning, the proper seasoning. Your chicken, add a little salt and pepper. That's like that's like when a chef yeah. discovers the basis of all seasoning, which is just salt and pepper. Yeah, and literally. Then, and then, like, the floodgates open. I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm just crazy, okay? I'm just, a, I'm just a crazy person. Dungeon a master. little sugar, yeah. a little spice, a little I compound don't, I X. Don't get, I really do not understand evil. <laughs> I mean, what we are staring into today, class, evil. See, I dabble it, in the dark arts. Literally, just money is the situation, yeah, and that is it's all money. Like, it's, they were obviously making money off of this, but the idea was to limit the amount of money they would lose from the situation. If they could minimize the amount of money they could have paid, the amount of money that they could have lost in total with the company after it was dissolved and then merged with the with Dow Chemical Company. That was enough for them. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. These people were running this factory with open neglect. It was understaffed, underfunded, and every protocol had been shortcut. That sounds like the school systems in America currently. Also, for a record, we talked about the the um oil spills in the gulf but the deep water or the deep horizon water oil spill the deep horizon oil spill i keep adding water in there it's not in there but it's that underwater. one the payout water. the payout was 20.8 billion dollars okay i know that sounds like a lot but like the numbers go up realistically how much like what's that like gonna look it, like it, 
here's the thing. Here's the thing. The numbers go up, but so does infl- inflation. So, all right, let's do twenty billion in nineteen eighty four dollars. You want you want me to get a cash converter out? Oh God, uh, I, I'm an archaeologist. The math that I do is all like statistics and geometry. I don't do inflation. see all right oh yeah i did go through that website by the way all right so uh one (laughs) dollar in 1984 is $2.85 today yeah so that so 470 ended up being about 1.3 bill in current day dollars so they paid 120th of what Deepwater horizon did didn't have to clean up the spill didn't have to remedy their effects, and also their payout was basically a thousand dollars a person, nine hundred dollars a person, and that's which, just off our shore. It's just a few hundred people, a few hundred thousand. God, I hate this country sometimes. And the thing is, it didn't even happen in our country; it happened overseas. If it happened here, then there would have been more ramifications, guaranteed. Honestly, I sometimes wonder about that after like. I don't know. I've seen I've seen too much stuff about the Dakota Pipeline to yeah. really yeah. Uh, like uh, well, let's be honest. They they blame whoever was sitting on that land at the time. And it's like, it, oh, the oil burst under you. You must be bad. Uh, or or there's like, well, you know, it was going to happen. That was a calculated risk, and you were acceptable casualties. I mean, that's part of the research I did prior to knowing you guys. Was I worked with indigenous communities trying to fight. Uh, pipelines by looking at traditional cultural properties by saying these places these plants these sites hold cultural and spiritual value and this is one of the reasons why you shouldn't build a pipeline here see see justin that's the problem the value isn't monetary and that's why they had no ground to stand on in the eyes of businesses well that's just the the businesses think everyone has a price but for the law, there are some provisions, which, weirdly enough, were signed into law by Richard Nixon. Okay, that... I mean, I could see it with Richard Nixon. If you said Reagan, I would have been more shocked. Yeah, Nixon, weirdly, was a lot very environmental and very historically preservation-focused. Yeah. So was, so, was, so was Theodore Roosevelt. He wanted nature to exist so he could hunt it. Hey, you know what? There is some there value. There is twisted in... logic to U.S. presidential environmentalism. There's really twisted logic. To be fair, Teddy Roosevelt wanted to preserve it and wanted it to be able for people to use in the future. There is some argument that can be made for substantive hunting. Like to hunt what you eat and et cetera, et cetera. To be fair, I do love a good bit of venison. Yes, Yes, coming from a man hunted bear for sport. (laughs) But also, like, it's... it's, it's, Nonetheless, it's still a bit weird, a little bit under under uh, Nixon. Yeah, given his legacy, but he signed a lot of historic preservation acts into law, uh, which gives rise to a lot of American archaeology. But the tribes are able to make these arguments by using those laws and using environmental protection against these corporations because they could say, well, look at this wetland. It's protected. It's home to, oh, guess what? The bald eagle. Are you going to build a pipeline over bald eagles? Don't be ridiculous. The pipeline goes under the eagles. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> eagles are flying in the sky. This is on if the ground. The eagles cannot be bothered to come to the town hall meetings and participate in local government like everybody else, then they don't get a say. Honestly, Thank you, like Vogans. I feel like, I'll say, I feel like, yeah, that was a real argument, wasn't it? That was no. That is the argument made by the by the Vogans in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for why they get to blow up Earth without Earth's consent. Fair. <laughs> I just imagine the oil company releases a propaganda fo- photo like 1940s era of uh, like three eagles sitting on top of the pipeline, going. Even these American birds agree with American pipelines. Oh, the, 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 the jaywalking argument where American auto manufacturers made jaywalking illegal so that cars could drive faster and more recklessly. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's a fun yeah. thing about history, guys. 
And that's what we're witnessing here in Bopal and everywhere else, apparently. Because corporations money people. <laughs> God. All right. So I think we've ranted enough about corporations and everything. Oh, if you guys enjoyed watching today's episode, be sure to leave a like down below and be sure to subscribe for any of our future podcasts. Colin, what do we have coming up in two weeks? What is it, what's our next podcast looking like? Yes, our next podcast is uh, we are going to jump uh, out from the 20th century all the way back to uh, biblical times, if you can oh, believe man. it. Uh, we are, we're going back to uh, the Canite people and their mythology. Ooh. The Canites are a people mentioned in the Bible as uh, among the original inhabitants of Phoenicia and uh, what is now Israel um, before the Israelis arrive in the Bible. This, <laughs> this is going to get fun. It's going yeah. to be fun. I'm going to anger Christian America. I feel oh. like we're going to have to. Uh, well, actually, you know, and we'll the nation of Israel. If you can't tell from home, we are trying to systematically try and target each individual. Group. This week, this week, we were trying to upset capitalists and environmentalists and Republicans. Corporate America. Here Corpor we go. Yeah. But um, thank you guys for watching, and we will catch you guys in two weeks with our episode about the Canite people. Thank you for watching, and we'll see y'all next time.